man. <clears throat> man, oh man. See, the thing is, you just... You just see a message from me. It just says... Um, 1205. Mm. I told you I was going to be five minutes late. Yep. But there was a moment... Where I didn't know if I was going to be here at all. Wow. Why? You you have to... This is not like a... You got to say it. Come on now. Mm. No cliffhanger here. So my car got stolen last night. No way. I... Now, just to be clear. Okay. I know there's certain details that, like, you might know about, like, personal stuff, but I'm not going to put too many personal details in this. I was out somewhere late, and, you know, I come out, and I'm about to go home, and I'm like, oh, I'm not going home. I'm like, what? Uh I'm like, where? Like, I'm not going to say what I was driving or anything like that, but yeah. but I knew right away. Like, I was like, nah, that thing is gone. That's gone. Like, I know where I put that. And I was with a couple of people, and they're like, hey, man, hit the hit the key fob. Like, maybe it's... I'm like, dude, the thing was right there. Yeah. Can someone drive me home now? <laughs> kind of. And so I'm like, what is the protocol here? I'm like... Do am I? Do I have to stay here? Do I have to? You know, which um, police division am I going to call? Like, I got to report this, right? Because hmm. anyway, so the friend that was with me was already late, and he's like, "Well, I'm going in your direction, so why don't you just call from inside my car?" Huh. I'm like, "Okay." So I call them up, and they're like, "Look, it's really late." And you've already left the location. And in order to file a police report at this moment and then, like, officially say that the vehicle is stolen, you're going to have to uh, be on premises or just follow up tomorrow morning. Mm. And I'm like, man, tomorrow morning. I'm like, ugh. You want to get down to it, like, as soon as possible. I get home. It's late. And I remember, I got a tracker in there. You got a tracker? I remember. I remember that I left my iPad in the center console with Find My turned on. (gasps) So I call those police back up and I say... Riveting. I say, actually, actually... I can tell you where this truck is right now, or at least I can tell you where I think it is mm. with incredible accuracy. Yeah. It's maybe like, I don't even want to say the time, but it's like ugly time. And I'm like, you know what? I'll meet you guys over there. Okay. To the cops. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, sure. 
I don't know if that's official protocol or not, so I'm not putting too many details. But I'm like, I'm, you know. Did you um, get your bat? <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing about it, Will. It's a whole system they got going on. Oh, boy. So when I saw the tracker, I thought, okay, this is like we're, you're going to catch somebody. But no, that's not necessarily the way. It, I mean, maybe you will. But it's all about these drop points. Hmm. You, you are in the stolen vehicle for a very limited amount of time. And you hmm. know the places where you steal from. Uh, and their proximity to where you can drop these because the quicker you're in and out of them but you've moved the location and you know where you can pick them back up or where the next man can come and take it from and then there's not even enough time for it to be reported chase around whatever like if there was no tracker if there was no find my on this like when i open up i saw that thing sitting over there (laughs) but if you didn't have that they're gonna leave it there to simmer you can leave it there for a day in some cases. Yeah. And say, oh, look at that. It's simmered down. Uh-huh. Ain't nobody come looking. No trackers. No cops. Maybe we go retrieve it at this point right mm-hmm. now. There's a lot of money in this stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of money. And cops were telling me even just to get this vehicle to the drop point, what that payday might look like. Mm. So, um, the iPad was in the truck. Like... They didn't even take the iPad. Touch. They didn't even search. Complete anything. professionals didn't touch anything. To this moment, right now, they don't even know that that's what went down. Hmm. Uh, well, let me continue. Let me continue. No, you know what? I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that because I'll tell you the rest off air because there's other, a few other things that went down, okay? I'm going to okay. tell you the rest of it, but like basically, I mean, you can basically say that I'm out there fighting crime is what you can say. <laughs> You're a real Batman? No, like basically what you could say is it's gone full circle is what you could say oh, okay. on the matter. But these next details, I'm going to tell you off the air for like the perfect purpose of safety or whatever. All right, cool. Right on. But Hopefully I just, we can give the audience an update. I don't know. Maybe like I'll try. But the main thing that you should know is that. Uh, I got it back. Okay. I got it back. And uh, it is currently in the custody of the police because they got to, well, now they got to scan it to see if any other trackers were placed on it by these groups. Or maybe fingerprints? Well, fingerprints, but that gets into the other part of my story that I can't go into. Oh. That gets into the other part of my story right there. Yeah. But it man, was Jack who stole it. Let me just tell you. Can I just tell you something? Right. I am no, no. It's not. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's nothing like that. Will no, no, no. no it's nothing like that. Um, throw those air tags around, dude. You know, oh, okay. Like it's worth it. I'm telling you, because then you don't have to worry about battery and everything else. Like with your other devices, FindMy's okay, right? Because it it works in a pinch like that, but. The AirTag, on the other hand, when I started looking at my Find My device, you remember when I was making those videos on those AirTags? Mm-hmm. Those things still have battery right now. Really? I saw them pinged all over, wherever they might be. Mm-hmm. And I'm not using it on a regular basis, but I'm like, you can just slap these babies. Because the other thing about having a device, if they do choose to go through your vehicle, they could just remove the device. 
if Would they can find it too because they're tiny no, 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 but I'm just saying a device, not an AirTag. Oh, right. Okay. A device like an yeah, iPhone or yeah, an yeah, iPad, yeah. they're kind of already looking for that. But sure. in, in AirTag, you could put it in a upholstery. You could have such a hidden spot that there wouldn't be enough time and you're already tracking. Mm-hmm. So long as you're, you know, nearby or whatever, you get alert or, mm-hmm. what, you know, whatever. It's like totally worth it at this point. But it's also, it showcases the reason it works so well for the thieves themselves. Exactly. And I'll go into the rest of it. I'll go into the rest of it with you, Will. Okay. But it was just a nutty night. Like, I don't know how many hours I slept. I didn't even have time for a coffee yet. This is the coffee right here. Mm. You know, I was driving around. You know, I was cruising around middle middle of the night. Like, proper middle of the night. But I had enough adrenaline that I wasn't tired. Like, I just was kind of like, whoa. So I'm like, all right, let's go figure this out. Because at the point, you're kind of like making strides it's not like it's unknown you know you're kind of like knowing where the location is actually going there and uh like it's 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 not mysterious you can't like there's no delay you got to keep going you keep going and i think that's the the rush i gotta be honest with you my my wife woke up and she's like you're not going down there what are you talking about you're going down there well I'm like, listen, I gotta go fight some crime. She's like, you're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Go to bed, (laughs) idiot. (laughs) I was like, no, I'm, 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 I'm meeting the cops over there. It's fine, you know. But, uh, but you look, it all worked out, man. Shout out to Apple. Shout out to Apple. Like end of the day, like whatever. It's. So easy and user-friendly, and all of a sudden I went into my FIMA, which I didn't go into for about a billion years, and I saw all these devices planted all over the universe, and I'm like, that's right, I can just find any of these uh, things, and this whole, and, but the tag is really the magic one, like, I'm putting these tags, I might, you, I might put a tag on you. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't ask where it's gonna go, no, I'm kidding, but like, definitely in the cars, whatever it is, to, uh, what are they worth, 30 bucks? Hmm. Are they worth 30 bucks? Sure. Damn, dude. I just sold some air tags to people. Yeah. Like go so. go snag these air tags. And you don't need iOS for to use it. Like you could just need an Apple ID and a web browser. So uh-huh. it doesn't matter. Like I wasn't even carrying an iPhone. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Got that off your chest. Wow. Well, I knew I was gonna have. I knew. Listen, man. I knew. I just knew I was gonna have to. I couldn't just do the regular show and then not tell you like what the hell transpired because it was so. And I'm glad you told it at the beginning. I gotta tell it at the beginning. All right, let's move on. Everything's fine. Don't worry. Everything's fine. Let's move on to uh, the news of the day. We can start with Twitter, who has now officially banned third-party clients in the new developer agreement. I guess they've made their language more clear. There was skepticism as far as whether or not uh, this was official or if it was some sort of a bug. Does does Twitter really want to get rid of the third-party clients that people uh, are using, love so much, the tweet decks, the tweet bots, and so forth? And so you had developers that they, they went on Twitter itself and said, hey, my stuff's not working, apologize, I'm out in the dark, I wish somebody would just tell me something. Well, here we have a Twitter-issued developer agreement, Jan 19, 2023, officially banning third-party clients for social network 
Effective as of today, Twitter's new developer agreement for the use of the Twitter API directly bans the creation of third-party clients for the platform. You will not or attempt to and will not allow others to use or access the licensed materials to create or attempt to create a substitute or similar service or product to the Twitter applications. Now, listen, it's, it's aggravating. I like these third-party clients, and I wish they were able to exist. However, it is the trend, and it is much more common across social media for this to be the case, mm. where you, you there's no way to plug in quite like this because what ends up happening is obviously the ad model is not really operating correctly, and your data is a bit different, and... Well, I guess you, your experimental features and things people aren't interacting with when they're on these third-party apps. But then the other side of me is like, it's such a small group of people that are using these third-party apps, power users, that are probably accessing at different moments from the native app as well. Uh-huh. They're probably using it in tandem. They're probably doing scheduled tweets and managing multiple accounts. So my only thing would be to say on that matter is hopefully there is some sort of official power version for people who are who are really enjoying these third-party clients. But that doesn't really help the third-party client developers themselves. They've been out there doing that for a while, and they're kind of, well, they're kind of screwed now, I guess, officially screwed. But it's, you know, what's interesting, Will? Mm. I think when it comes to the world of being, of getting screwed, it's better to be officially screwed than to not know why you're getting screwed. Yeah. Like, at least the information is out there now. Yeah. Uh, Reed Hastings explains why he's stepping down as Net- Netflix CEO. Is this? Wow. That's pretty big news. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was co-CEO. Right? Co-CEO, but he's OG status. Yeah. He's Mr. Netflix. Netflix Inc. co-founder Reed Hastings is stepping down as chief executive officer after leading the company for more than two decades. In a blog post, Hastings said he will assume the role of executive chairman and leave the CEO role to two longtime executives. Ted Sarandos and Greg Peters, Hastings 62, has been signaling he planned to step aside for a few years. He elevated one of his successors to co-CEO in 2020, as he mentioned, and named the other COO at the time. He delegated almost all Hollywood decisions and has gradually pulled back from day-to-day affairs. For myself, this is his quote, I'll be helping Greg and Ted and, like any good chairman, be a bridge from the board to our co-CEOs, I'll also be spending more time on philanthropy and remain very focused on Netflix stock doing well. <laughs> and and Netflix is fine. You understand? Yeah. I'll do a little philanthropy and Netflix is fine. Yeah. Enough already. Well, Netflix, like, it's under, it's uh, under, it's got the heat. The heat is on for Netflix. Like, we already talked about it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, although the next story might be a little bright star oh a little bright spot for netflix yeah. okay well listen it's it's a uh, we're definitely in a time right now the streaming wars social media the it, there's a lot up in the air that the chips may will fall where they may mm-hmm. and we don't it's the landscape it's difficult to predict you've had this extreme amount of growth that's just very difficult to maintain across any of these social medias that have now matured and any mm-hmm. of these streaming services which have now matured. And when you talk about Netflix and you say, oh, slowing down, aren't we? And it's like, well, maybe, yeah, maybe the rate of growth was so astronomical that it was unsustainable anyway. And there's a lot of things that's slowing down. 
A lot of things are slowing down, including Reed Hastings himself. He's like, I'm slowing down. Yeah. My philanthropy and I'm going to have breakfast in the morning without worrying about my meetings and whatever else. Mm. So, yeah, it's uh, some of it seems like it was unavoidable and it was going to happen regardless. But I suppose when you're on one of these boards or you're one of these shareholders, well, you uh, you're inclined towards unlimited growth. Mm-hmm. And how about that? Netflix blowing away expectations on subscriber numbers. How, how about that for a pleasant headline? Netflix yeah. added 7.66 million paid subscribers during the fourth quarter, more than the 4.57 million Wall Street expected, which is the key. Never mind your own projections. What does Wall Street say? Wall Street says you're only going to get 4.5 million. You go do 7.6. I'm going to guess that those are outside the U.S., but we'll see. Uh, this is the first quarter that Netflix Netflix's ad tier is reflected in the earnings, so we got some people on the cheaper deal. And he's still stepping down anyways with these positive numbers. I think it has to do with revenue, right? So you've got more subscribers, but they're paying less than they used to. There we go. EPS, 12 cents versus 45 cents per share, according to Refinitiv. Refinitiv. Revenue, 7.85 billion, according to the same group. I don't know why they wrote it twice. Global paid net subscribers, 7.66 million ads compared to 4.5 previously. Uh, Netflix's EPS missed largely due to a loss related to euro-dominated debt, denominated debt, but its margins of 7% still topped Wall Street's expectations. The depreciation of the U.S. dollar compared to the euro during the fourth quarter isn't an operational loss. So even the revenue, which is curious because you might look at the revenue and say, well, now you've got this cheaper tier. And therefore, maybe your revenue goes down. Maybe you add subscribers, but revenue goes down. Uh, that wasn't the case. It still went up. We wouldn't be getting into this business if we couldn't be a, uh, it couldn't be a meaningful portion of our business, said Spencer Neumann, the company's chief financial officer during the call. We're over $30 billion in revenue, almost $32 billion in revenue in 2022. And we wouldn't get into a business like this if we didn't believe it could be bigger than at least 10% of our revenue. I presume he's talking about the ad-supported portion. So listen, they're going to keep tweaking and going, and hopefully this fresh blood in there, these uh, youngsters... The the new CEOs, CEOs. yeah, they they might have ideas. Maybe to come hit people like us up. Well, we bring the youth, don't we? Oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) We bring the cutting edge. Yeah, we bring the glass onions. Do we not? Uh, yeah. There's, Mm. you know, that's fine. I can put on an accent. I can, I can, I can Daniel Craig it if you need be. Mm. Up to you. India's smartphone market tumbles in Q4 2022. India's smartphone market suffered a double-digit drop in shipments in that time as consumer spending weakened the second consecutive quarter of year-on-year declines. And this is data from Canalys. They they provide beautiful data. I always like to give them a shout-out. Uh, uh, what would this is? I mean, it's, an ec- it's a global economic slowdown. It's kind of hitting everywhere, not just exclusively India. Shipments in the final quarter of 2022 fell 27% year on year to 32.4 million units. Still a lot of units. And uh, most of this is fueled by replacement cycle driven by 5G devices, which are proliferating in the country now. Samsung gained a little bit of market share, even though its shipments declined. Vivo, Oppo were the only vendors in the top five to post shipment gains. So people are into the Vivos and into the Oppos. 
with both picking up significant market share. Vivo moving into second from fourth as shipments grew 13% to 6.4 million units and its share rose 7%. The Vivo still goes. The Oppo still goes. Xiaomi slips. Realme falls. And it's an extremely competitive marketplace, Will. I, I don't need to tell you that. But there was such an abundance of users coming into the smartphone segment from previous non-smartphones. There was so much adoption that had to take place. It's a lot like the Netflix story from previous. And then you sprinkle on economic issues, global, local, etc., and you realize that some of these rates of growth are difficult to maintain. Mm. The thing is whether or not it becomes part of a trend or if they're able to bounce back or if a huge percentage of the population has now has a smartphone. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Well, I'm sure they do. Obviously, they do. Yeah. Instagram's new quiet mode helps you take a break from the app. Oh, isn't that interesting, Well, when these social media apps tell us to take a break? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It's like, you're like, hmm. That's like the, the uh, sports gambling sites that tell you to take it easy. Mm -hmm. Have you seen it? The new commercials they put on TV? They're like, gamble responsibly. Like, we've built in tools so you turn the gambling off from time to time. It's always interesting when the company, the, the product they're trying to sell you, they're trying to also sell you at the same time, time off of the product that they're trying to sell you. Mm. They're like, hey, take it easy a little bit, though, because you're getting carried away with it. I don't know if it's a bad thing if they're trying to be more transparent. Well, because there obviously is a problem there. Well, that's they, why they created this feature. They've got the data, so they know presumably how people are interacting, when people put the app down. If they can probably predict when people are people, a certain set of behaviors is indicative of like depression or something. Mm -hmm. They they might have some metric for that, mm -hmm. and so. When we've talked about this in the past with YouTube, pretty much all social media or screen time in general, there is a moment at which it starts to have a negative impact on someone's life, mm. and then they put it down for a long time, or they stop responding to advertising, or they become a poor customer for your platform. And so instead of letting it get to that point, you're sitting there as the platform saying, maybe if people took short breaks, their mental health would stay a little bit... Uh, uh -huh more in in check and long term it would be better for our platform i mean that's a possibility you you always have to imagine that there's some kind of incentive structure because that's just how companies work is it also possible that they just are doing a nice fun thing maybe but when i saw those commercials pop up at a one-to-one -one ratio from the gambling sites and i know this is obviously a different comparison I immediately think to myself, well, you're getting out ahead of a, of potential lawsuits as well because you're saying mm -hmm. we warn people about the risks. And mm -hmm. Instagram can now say we've provided a mode here for people suffering anxiety. And you can see it's right there. The feature aims to reduce users' anxiety about taking time off, taking time off from the app by silencing incoming notifications, auto-replying to DMs, auto-replying. What is this, email? I'll be back in the uh, I'll be back in the Instagram office uh, January uh, by silencing incoming notifications, auto replying to DMs, and setting your status in quiet mode to inform friends that you're not active on the app at present. The company said it will prompt teen users to enable the feature if they're using the app late at night. Get the prompt. Whoa, man! What do they know that we don't know? How dark is it actually getting? Yeah. Now the parents themselves can't have the impact because the device is so persistent. 
and the device is so pervasive that the parent could be like, hey, go to bed. But actually, it's Instagram that tells your child when to go to bed, mm-hmm. not you. It's like it's on quiet mode, mom. Yeah. It's automatic. It's a, yeah, mom, don't get out of my room. Instagram yeah. will tell me when bedtime is. AI. You understand? God. Instagram knows if I'm anxious or not. Not mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Oof. Anyway, I, look, man, it's a tough one because it's like you really wish there was some other way, but then you also realize that maybe somebody will listen to it and put the app down, and then you're grateful that at least that person has taken a break, whoever actually uses the prompt. So I guess it's better that it's there than it's not, but you, you really wish people had had the ability to do it without that Yeah, and put it down and just like actual like life quiet mode, Will. Yeah, like I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna be unreachable, and that's fine. You yeah, know I wish I mean? there was like a physical way of just like automated. That's like your phone disappears or something. The whole device. It just shuts down. That's whatever. it. Yeah, you're on peaceful mode, yeah. completely. Well, you can. You can just ignore it. Like it's tr- It's possible you can just ignore it. You mm-hmm. probably have like a handful of people that may or may not need access to you and then you can pretty much ignore everything else i mean it's possible you can do it people yeah. people think that's crazy right people think how uh, what do you mean i can ignore a note you can ignore a notification yeah. i'm putting it out there right now you can do it for your own health absolutely let's do it uh ceo of chat gpt maker response to schools plagiarism concerns we adapted to calculators and hey that's my example from when we first started talking about it i uh-huh. say calculators we adapted to calculators and changed what we tested in math class. And it's the exact same example I used. I was like, listen, is the future of the world, in the future, will the world be using these tools frequently in school and business? Yes. Okay, so if we know that that's the case, in work, life, etc. I mean, we need to find a way to adapt and we need to find a working relationship with it because it's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you could have said the same for Google at one point in time. You could have said the same for the calculator at one point in time. And I'm sure it was said about those things at one point in time. The difference in this case is just how powerful the tool happens to be Mm -hmm. as far as a human replacement is concerned. Uh, Altman warns schools and policymakers to avoid relying on plagiarism detection tools. Hmm. Creating tools to perfectly detect AI plagiarism plagiarism is fundamentally impossible, he said. He's like, just give up. It's no, you're going to need to basically uh, encourage transparency and mm-hmm. make amends. Because if they're not going to do it, like stop chat GPT, someone else is going to do it, whether it's Google or Microsoft. Yeah, someone. And, exactly. But I think the institutions assume that it's currently small enough that they can kind of manage it Mm. before it's 20 different tools and 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 versions and so forth but what he's saying fundamentally is that the whole point of it is that it's unique to whatever the request happens to be and that your input or question or phrase if if you're careful enough with it and unique enough with it then what you're going to have the output is going to be the same and it will be undetectable so what are we really doing anyways then Mm. how are we going to police such things other than asking people directly. Uh, he says, we're, we're going to try and do some things in the short term. <laughs> some things. There may be ways 
we can help teachers be a little more more likely to detect output. But honestly, a determined person will get around them. Altman added that people have long been integrating new technologies into their lives and into the classroom and that those technologies will only generate more positive impact for users down the line. Generative text is something we all need to adapt to, he said. We adapted to calculators and changed what we tested for in math class. I imagine this is a more extreme version of that, no doubt, but also the benefits of it are more extreme as well. It's true. It's extremely powerful. It's obviously powerful. And when something is super powerful and super convenient, humans will use it. Mm-hmm. And our ability to put that genie back in the bottle, oof, I don't see much evidence of it, of mm-hmm. our ability to do such things. Uh, so maybe there's going to be disclaimers and warnings and an increase in expectations around transparency, but... You best get used to these tools existing. Yeah. I don't know what type of fight you're going to put up. And actually, this next uh, story is kind of in the same territory. <clears throat> and I know in this case, there is some discussion around a potential fight. But even here, it's an extremely daunting task. AI house party images are freaking people out. These are far from normal party goers. If you scroll down, <gasps> these are not real images. These are not real people, Will. And if you look closely enough, you're going to notice some strange, some oddities in the photo. Yeah. What really freaks me out is everything is surreal. It looks fine from afar. Uh-huh. But then when you start dissecting, it is you such take apart, an like, uneasy yeah. feeling. And I mean, obviously, just look at her hand under the camera there. And there's two lenses, I guess. Yeah. And uh, they, they have too many teeth, some of them. Yeah. It's all oh. just... Uh, Yikes. Yes, I know. It's The future is possibly terrifying. There's a, there's more to look at. What's weird about them is how things can be off, yet they how they can look so natural. They look naturally off. Like, you know something is wrong, but at the same time, it's done in such an organic way. Yeah. It is bizarre. And just like slightly like her, she's a bit more shiny. Bit too shiny. Yeah. Go to the next it's one. So subtle. But how, how about so this disturbing. one? One too many fingers? Mm-hmm. And uh, these are not people that have ever existed. Yeah, they're these, not real. These are not events that have ever transpired. Ugh. So these ones are via mid-journey, and the tweet comes from Miles Zim. He says, Mid-Journey is getting crazy. How about this one here? Mid-Journey is getting crazy powerful. None of these are real photos and none of these people in them exist. Oh. It's the smiles. They're so, it's so seemingly so candid. It's the AI generated happiness is uneasy, maybe. And it's the cheekbones <laughs> somehow are just like so <laughs> freaky. Uh, I, uh, oh. you know what? It's, you can obviously tell that this is this thing is trained on a very specific type of person. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Look at this one. <laughs> <laughs> Their hair with the guys, and are those the same guy, or at least they're very similar? Yeah. But weirdly, even that kind of sells me on it. I'm like, are they twins? Mm, uh, yeah. Like reality has some oddities too. What are they drinking? Look at those tiny little cups. Their, and, their fingers? Oh. Go to the next one. Oh, there's a weird hand down there in the left. You see that? Mm. 
everything else though and the the way it mashes the foreground and background the way yeah. it's able to mash what's in focus from from and then the, the the framing yeah the framing and the backgrounds themselves it's obviously referencing a huge data set of party photos in general and then aiming this one's pretty good if you remove one of his extra fingers <laughs> well his wrist is tiny though I know, but like just the hand and wrist, it seems to be the only thing we have to go on right now. Actually, his bicep looks a little strange too, this guy in the foreground. But anyway, it's, we are so close, dude. Oh my goodness. We are so close. (laughs) (laughs) There's like imperfections in these photos that just sells it. Let me tell you what else gets crazy about this. He suggested that variation is the challenge. It defaults to certain type of people when you ask people. Now, you look at the responsibility of these companies from a social perspective when people start to look at them as a reflection or as a remix of reality Mm. that you get to paint the picture of. And I guess, oh, man, well, art used to be able to do that, but art wasn't a thing where you would input a question and have an output in in, in the same way as this it's, it's it's very the whole thing is squirrely and i think we can all agree there's something extremely uneasy about these photos and if it becomes a significant part of like imagine advertising images will now imagine entire uh Bill, billboard programs and banner ads and even video clips or sitcoms. And That's what we were talking about yesterday about propaganda. Like these machine learning algorithms are just going to keep feeding like they're each other. But since and but, it's going to be so but generic. Ima- imagine, dude, even so since you're now able to create the content at such a rapid pace with such a huge variety... Now, it might be feasible to feed every single person a, to- a a different reality in totality. So every single advertising image you see looks different than every single advertising image I see, but it's for the same product. Mm. Because now, all the data that's been pooled on you and whatever your lifestyle or preferences or whatever, and then and then you're getting... And it's already kind of like that when it comes to feeds and social yeah. media that we're already going towards these more personalized silos of existence that are completely solo Mm. and if the imagery backs that up and becomes something like that you can imagine a fairly lonely place in which shared experience actual shared experience with humans Mm. and crossover human human to human crossover Mm. becomes scarce yikes alec baldwin faces involuntary manslaughter charges in the rust shooting is this a, was he awaiting his mm-hmm. charges? Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. This is a, we were talking about a movie set the other day, the Netflix one with the, uh, the, the drone. drone. And I had brought up actually this story because, you know, obviously it's not specifically a Netflix problem. It's a production thing in general, especially when you have <clears throat> a lot of uh, equipment, dangerous equipment, or in this case, actually firearms and then, there's a whole discussion around who loaded the firearm, who pointed the fire. Like, it creates such a weird scenario. I think you can have like, horror movies based on this where who do you blame? 
Who do you blame? How do you get resolution if you're the family of the person that's dead? When it's it's just distributed. It's like it's everybody's fault. It's nobody's fault. It's a, a very uneasy and odd kind of feeling. Prosecutors have decided to charge uh, actor Alec Baldwin and the film's armorer. So that's the, who loaded the gun, I guess. Hannah Gutierrez-Reed each with two counts of involuntary manslaughter after Baldwin fatally shot a cinematographer on the set of the Western movie, Rust. Uh, Helena Hutchins was struck and killed by a live round of ammunition fired from a prop gun held by Baldwin, who maintains he did not pull the gun's trigger. Hmm. The actor has also maintained he was not aware the gun he fired during a rehearsal contained a live round. Oh, involuntary manslaughter consists of manslaughter committed in the commission of an unlawful act, not account amounting to felony or in the commission of a, of a lawful act, which might produce death in an unlawful manner or without due caution and circumspection, according to New Mexico law. Uh, they're basically saying he's negligent and, uh, and his negligence therefore led to the unintentional killing and there was no criminal intent. In fact, quote here is there is no argument that baldwin had the criminal intent to commit murder so that's not what they're going for but they're still saying listen there is a responsibility there i suppose every time you're holding a a weapon on a film set you gotta inspect that thing yeah Uh, maybe don't point it at your fellow actors and actresses but can you imagine if you worked on 15 20 movies with guns on them and they never had live rounds like why do they have to have live rounds I'm sure someone can explain this, but you might become accustomed to it. You know, some of these film sets will. It could be, this is like a Western type movie. There are probably weapons all over the place, and pr- probably the vast majority didn't have live rounds. So why does one have live round? And why not prop guns? Listen, dude. You know? I don't, I mean, prop gun. I kind of understand that one because of believability and, and all the rest of it. But they have certain type of rounds for that, and... It's just all very unfortunate. You hope that there's there's things that are learned from this. That's that would be the only redeeming character. You can't say that's a redeeming a redeeming characteristic when you when when you lose somebody that really you know should still be here. Uh, but if if you can put anything on, it's like hopefully other there's some sort of new strategy for dealing with this stuff. And maybe you're right. Maybe we all just become comfortable with not needing to have the real weapons there but i don't know i just you don't need live you don't need real ammunition there as far as i can tell definitely hey, not hey, like what are you shooting cans during the breaks like why do you need mm-hmm. to have the legit ammunition there i don't know but anyway last uh, one bigger to come grim prediction after toadzilla discovery in Aussie <laughs> national park Toadzilla, it reminds me of, there was a video game, Battletoads. Yeah. Did you ever play that? Yeah, fun game. Very hard. This reminds me of Battletoads. He looks like a Battletoad. It was discovered by park ranger Kylie Gray, who was driving through the rainforest in Conway National Park, just south of Airlie Beach in the Whit Sundays, stopping her vehicle to let a snake cross, as you would do if you were a park ranger. Uh-huh. She then noticed the toad and gasped at the size of it. I reached down and grabbed the cane toad and couldn't believe how big and heavy it was. We dubbed it Toadzilla and quickly put it into a container so we could remove it from the wild. Well, they, well, they want to study it. They're like, uh-huh. what is going on here? Yoink. 
is this some sort of superhero movie where it's been exposed to some kind of mm-hmm. nuclear ooze or uh, some kind of waste, and now it's turning into ba- a battle toad? We need to get to the bottom of it. That thing's huge, though. Do they say the weight of it? Uh, it's been splashed across newspapers all over Australia. Uh, oh, they they what the responding to the fine Andrew Cox said. Did they have to euthanize it? Is that what they said? I guess I don't know. I don't even know how long these thing these things uh, live for. Extraordinary fine could be a bad sign for Queensland. Hmm. The invasion front. They have longer legs than those following them. So what? What do they do as far as pests are concerned? Don't they eat mosquitoes and stuff? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe this one eats they must, they, rare birds. They must be invasive. Scroll down further. Uh, animals and birds in warmer climates where Toadzilla was found often evolved to be larger, and Mr. Cock hopes his discovery isn't an indication that this is occurring because bigger animals consume more food. Extraordinary. I'm worried that over time, cane toads in Queensland might all become much larger and therefore... The impacts grow. So just on, I, I suppose, on the balance of the ecosystem and the ability to sustain all the other creatures. If the toads, the toads are eating everything. The toads obviously well fed. They didn't say the, they didn't say the weight. It's just as big as our heads, really. Well, I don't know. It's one of those angle things where, Maybe, but if yeah. I, if it, oh, it says the weight right there. What does it say? 22.7 kilos? Kilos. Yeah. 2.7 kilos. You know, you got yourself a five plus pound pounder over there. Like almost That's a, a chunk. Almost a six pounder over there. That's like a giving birth to a baby there, Will. Except, I, as, except as a tote. If it was fed well. Since it's so big, I guess <clears> it can't really, uh, can it mate? Oh, it can mate already. <laughs> Can it? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. Listen, uh, whatever he's whatever he's he's eating, he's eating well. I'll tell you that. And uh, he's not leaving anything for anyone else. No. And that's why they're worried over there in Queensland. Uh, thank you very much to everybody who joined us here today. Truly do appreciate it, especially on a day like today, a very unusual day for somebody, for myself. Uh, maybe other people have experienced similar things and can weigh in on it, but... In my case, at least it turned out well, so that's why I took some of the stress off of it. But it's a, it is a really odd type feeling. You can imagine, Will, you woke up in the morning, you know, saying, like, wait, what? I put I put it there, didn't I? Do you feel violated? Such a big... I don't know, violation doesn't... It's like, you put personal stuff I know, it's kind of what my wife said as well. I was like, it didn't... It was weird because I was so quickly in the motion of retrieving it that it didn't... I don't think I had time to really feel valid. I was like, I think I can track this down. So... And you did. That The, the goose chase aspect of it was more exciting immediately than the mm-hmm. violation. Maybe when I get it back and I'm inspecting, I'm like, oh, why you got to touch that over yeah, there? Yeah, why yeah. you got to... Why you got to flip... The, why you got to... But listen, we put the flashlight and we looked around and it looked like everything was there, man. Okay. I had a couple of my items over there. I was like, damn. That's how I knew those dudes were professionals because they weren't even interested in these little yeah. knickknacks. They're they're in it for the big ticket. But anyway, so, not not this time around. Not this time around. Right, Will? Right, Will? Yeah. Okay, Moral cool. the story. Get some air tags. Yeah, I guess, man. We're just sitting. That's us now. We just sell air tags every day. We track them around. Yeah, and, I'll put uh, the link in the description. Tell, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You totally could. I mean, what better story? It affects you directly. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, everybody. 
appreciate it. What is today? Friday? Yeah. We'll see you on Monday. Lots of support this week. If you haven't gone to watch all those clips, go watch some clips, all right? Thank you. Bye. Later. <laughs>